Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. Recently, I had an opportunity to catch up with Dave Shesson of Kindlepreneur. Dave has built a great tool for self-published authors and for indie authors called KDP Rocket. And I've used it to self-publish my book, The Power of Creativity. And it's a great way of finding new readers for your books on the Amazon store and also for figuring out what type of books you should write, particularly if nonfiction is your your genre or your specialism. In this in-depth interview, I talked to David about how new writers can sell more books on Amazon using tools like KDP Rocket and what you need to know about optimizing your books so your readers are able to find them. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, so could, could you tell me a little bit about your uh, your your background? Well, sure. Uh, I used to be in the U.S. military, and I did a whole bunch of jobs there. And one day I realized that I was not heading towards what I defined as success. And to me, success was be- being able to be home with my family and kids and, you know, kind of live comfortably uh, instead of being on the other side of the world without my family um, trying to do some type of military operations or negotiations. So it's when I realized that, I started getting into online marketing and creating websites and writing books. And today I am now home with my family here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, what kind of books do you write? Well, a lot of what I do is finding out exactly what people want to read on Amazon. So I've never, you know, never called myself like one of those amazing writers that can write anything and, you know, people would read it. Nor at the time when I first started did I have this large following or huge blog or people even knew who I was. So instead of, you know, just kind of writing a book and hoping that it would work, I instead started doing a lot of research to try to figure out exactly what were people typing into Amazon and whether or not there was an opening in the market for me to be able to write. And once I started doing that, that's when my Kindle writing really took off. I uh, saw so your your background is, is uh, in SEO and building up sites with a lot of uh, traffic. Yeah, absolutely. And that was something that I started with. I used to do niche websites. So I'd build, again, it was the same principle, right? And that's where I started was, Instead of writing a website about what I wanted or what I was feeling or anything like that, I would go to Google and I'd find out, hey, what are people typing into Google? Um, Where are there opportunities to write about subjects that I could either learn about or that I knew about? And I started building up these websites that way. Now, at that time, the only thing I was making money was from Google AdSense, you know, having Google pay me every time somebody clicks on an advertisement or, you know, through affiliate links. And so and that's it wasn't bad. It was really cool be, because every time I built a website, it would build me a certain amount of money every month because, you know, it's a certain amount of traffic. Right. So but it wasn't that much money and it was a lot of work to build those websites. So when the day came that I realized that Amazon is just like Google, where it's a search engine and being able to rank at the top for a, a word or phrase that people type in a lot into Amazon. Uh, brings you direct sales, that's when the kind of the light bulb went off and I was like, aha. <laughs> and so I started really applying a lot of the things that I learned in Google to Amazon and that's where I kind of made that little pivot. Uh, so my understanding of, of uh, SEO on Amazon, I suppose before I used Kindle Rocket is that, you know, you go in and you look at the, the most popular categories 
uh, the most popular authors and then you maybe use the autocomplete tool that Amazon has when you're in the search bar. Is, is that a fair say or, or is there another way you would look at it? Well, back in the day, yeah, that was kind of the the way that a lot of people were doing it. But the problem about doing that is what you're seeing is is all the books that are super successful, right? You're seeing the ones that, um, you know, they're either successful because the author is famous. They're either successful because the person has a giant email list. Sometimes you'll find that that rare one where there's no reason except for it's just a highly demanded book. But you're immediately going after a market that's that's proven to be super good. And guess what? There are a lot of people who are doing that. So a lot of people kind of get burned out because when doing that one tactic, they're not finding anything that's either new or opening a new trend or, you know, something that hasn't been mined already by a lot of people. Um, so instead, though, what I started doing was is that I would also add Google information as well into my research uh, on Amazon. The idea was is that if people were typing it into Google, there's a chance that they might turn to Amazon and start typing it into Amazon as well. That one thing helped me to kind of figure out if there was a potentially new market. Um, you can kind of look at the results in Google and say, look, that that's a that's a Google search term. That's something that only somebody on Google would type in. But sometimes you find one, you're like, you know, that would make a really good book subject. Um, so I started using that data back in the day. And then finally, it wasn't until I really got into understanding the Amazon bestseller rank, you know, the ABSR number um, and how the A9 algorithm works for Amazon that I started to find other ways to be able to look at books and know immediately that, hey, this book is making money, not because the person is famous or any of that stuff. It is making money because it's like the only book in town on this particular term and people are typing that in. And then that was when things really took off for me. Yeah, yes. Yeah, well, there's, there's a few things there I could ask you. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the particular term you talked about. Is that a, a term that you would put into the, the keywords on the Amazon tool or is that something that you should have in your book title? No. So when you do find a term or phrase that you really like, right? Um, you can put it as one of your seven Kindle keywords, right? So when you go to publish on KDP, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, they'll ask you for seven, all right? The thing about it, though, is that back in the day, that would be all you needed, right? About two plus years ago, you could just put in any word in there and you would show up for it. But now, because there's over 4.8 million different eBooks out there, just because you selected it as one of your keyword doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually going to show up for it. And this usually happens for very competitive terms. Um, in this case, then it really helps to also bolster that claim that you should show up for that, that term by putting it in your title and or subtitle. Uh, another thing too is um, having it in the description. There are some people that disagree with me on that, but I have a long reason as to why I still think that it really helps in the description. Um, and then there's also things like people using it in the reviews. Um, that usually comes about if it's in your title and subtitle as well. So those kind of things send the signal to Amazon that you should at least show up for that term. But then there's a whole nother set of steps to be able to make sure that you rank better for that term. Oh, so if I picked out my seven uh, keywords on Amazon, uh, do I put them in all seven in the subtitle or so I just, just kind of peppered them through the copy and the subtitle. 
No, so here's exactly what I would do. First, I would do the research and I'd make sure that I found seven terms that, seven particular terms or phrases that have people typing it into Amazon, are willing to buy books that, that show up for it and isn't too competitive. When I've nailed those seven, when I know what those seven are, then what I wanna do is I wanna know what the true target is, okay? Which one of those seven is the best representation of for my book and is the one that I believe will actually bring me good traffic? And what I mean by good traffic is the right kind of person, okay? Um, then I will go ahead and put those seven into my KDP, the seven keywords, but I'll also try to weave it into the subtitle. Now, I don't recommend stuffing all seven in there unless you can naturally do that. But remember, these seven terms, these are the things that are inside the minds of the shoppers in Amazon, okay? Like, when they're describing their pain point, these are the words they thought of when they were typing it into Amazon. That is clear insight into great sales copy. If I'm thinking how to stop smoking and, you know, like super fast, Okay, say, say it's just super fast, right? And there's a book title that's, that's called How to Stop Smoking Super Fast. I got a feeling that that's the book for me because that book has truly addressed exactly what came to mind when I was shopping, right? Um, a great example of this, you know, was back in the day, uh, Evernote was a big one. A lot of people were writing about how to use Evernote. Well, if you are a writer, okay, you're, you know, you're a book writer and you type in Evernote and you see that there's an Evernote book that's Evernote for writers, which one do you think you're going to buy, right? The one that's addressed to you. So this is all about making sure that, you know, you choose the right keyword that connects that searcher to your book. So don't, don't hesitate. Don't think this is about stuffing as many keywords into your title or subtitle. This is about understanding your market and getting your book in front of them and making sure they know this is the book for them, okay? So once you've done that, all right, you can either do that with a couple of words, you can do it with just one particular phrase or so forth, all right, and you hit publish, now it's time to check Amazon and see, you know, if they actually put your book in those results. So go ahead and type in your seven keywords into Amazon, hit enter, and then keep clicking until you finally find your book. If you don't find your book, then it means they didn't index it. And if you truly want to show up for that keyword, you either A, you know, need to add it to your subtitle or, you know, put it in your description, things like that, okay? Um, once you've found out that, all right, super, I've got all these things showing up, um, my book is showing up for those seven, now it's time to convince Amazon that you should be ranking higher. Uh, according to our statistics, the book that ranks number one for a search term gets 27% of the clicks. The book that ranks number two gets only 13% of the clicks. So if a thousand people a month type in how to quit smoking super fast, the book at number one is gonna get 270 clicks a month just from that term, whereas the book under it will only get 130. That's potentially like double the sales. So it's important not to just show up for the word. It's important to make sure that you can get up to the top. And that's why when you're selecting your, your keywords, you want to make sure it's not so competitive that you're never going to get seen, right? That's why a competitive score is super important. Uh, so how do you get, it, get the book from two to one? 
Well, there's a lot of things. One is to make sure that you really do have a good cover, right? I mean, let's face it. If the, if your cover looks like it was thrown together on Fiverr for five bucks and, you know, and it's being held together with like duct tape, okay? Um, you know, nobody's going to click on yours. They're going to click on the better looking cover below you. You know, same thing with uh, the title, right? We talked about making sure that your title addresses the, that the right market, okay? Um, but all that sounds like that's useless information. Of course, we all know that. So here's a great tip for you. If you have five or 10 people that you know, that you absolutely know will buy your book, and let's hope that you have been developing a good relationship with potential readers while you write your book, okay? I'm assuming you're doing this because this is a great you know, marketing thing for anybody. Um, when you have those five or 10, instead of just sending them the link and saying, hey, my book is ready to be bought, you know, will you please go ahead and buy it? What you do is that you tell them, can you please go to Amazon, type in how to quit smoking fast or super fast, whatever it was, um, find my book, click it and buy it. That's it. Uh, you're just telling them to find it that way. Because what that does is it sends a direct signal to Amazon that, hey, look at this. When people type in the word, you know, quit smoking super fast, they, they don't choose all these other books that we had all the way up here. They chose this one down here. Interesting. Let's raise it up and see how it does. And then the next time the person does and, and so forth. And what this is is telling Amazon that your book is a higher converting book for that term, which means it's the better book for that term. Naturally, Amazon will put you up to the top, okay, and you will get to enjoy that traffic. But here's the thing. This is why I'm not cheating the system or gaming the system, as some angry writers will say, is because if your book isn't better than the other books, then clearly when a normal person who doesn't know you or or your work types in that phrase and then they look at the books, they're not going to select yours because your yeah. cover is terrible or your title is terrible. They're going to select the one under you. And when that happens enough, Amazon's going to be like, all right, well, I guess this one is actually the better one. And you'll just to continue to drop until you settle out where you deserve to be. And how many, so, people, how many people do you need to do that for it to work? Well, I've actually seen, you know, 10's a really great number to have in your pocket because I have, I've worked with a bunch of authors and I've never seen it take more than 10, uh, especially for something super competitive. I don't know if I have permission to use uh, this author's name. So what I will say is that um, it was for how to, it was on a book on like how to write a blog or start a blog, um, which is a really competitive one. And all it took this writer was 10 people and she was right at the top. Um, and she actually hung up, she hung there cause it's a really good book and a great cover. So really happy to see that for her. But again, uh, it could just take two. I mean, all it depends on the competitiveness of that keyword. Are you going to rank number one for entrepreneur with 10? Of course not. I mean, you're not going to beat, you know, the big time guys that are selling hundreds of books a day. Uh, but will you rank number one for how to make money online with 10? Probably 10, maybe 15 on that one. But you see what I'm saying? It all depends on the co uh, competitiveness. And I hope that you did your research right and that you're not choosing that uber almost near impossible keyword that you're never going to show up for. Uh, so I'm wondering then, like for nonfiction, I could definitely see how this would work. But what about for fiction? No, absolutely. Well, See, the thing about any book on Amazon is how do people buy books on Amazon, right? They go, they type in into Amazon, and they look. So what exactly are they typing? Now, the 
there's another way that people do it, which is they find their favorite category and they search for the top 25 books in that category. But again, it comes back to how do you get in the top 25 for a category people like? Well, you got to make sales. How do you make sales? Uh, you either have Amazon send people to your book or you go find them and you bring them to your book, right? Whether that's like all these other hustling moves. So how do fiction authors take advantage of this? Well, again, we're looking at the numbers, okay? We're looking at what's the best thing for your book. Uh, one of my favorite examples, I'm actually writing a epic sci-fi military book. I'm a diehard sci-fi military guy. I love it. Um, and when I did the research, the thing is like, there are a lot of people that type in science fiction, a lot of people, but you know what? Books that rank for science fiction actually aren't, aren't that great of a sale because people who type in science fiction have no idea what they want. They really don't. When you yeah. type in science fiction on Amazon, you're just kind of like, ah, I don't really know what I want. Um, there are so many different types of science fiction. But then I go a little further and I type in uh, sci-fi military. And now it's a lot less competitive. It's bringing in some pretty good money. you know. But again, that's still pretty vague. And then when I went down to Space Marines, I found out that it was not competitive. It really wasn't competitive at all. It should be very simple for a new writer like myself to break through, um, you know. And I saw that books that were showing up, you know, were doing pretty well. But the most important part was that they would be books that I could beat out. I'm gonna go hardcore my cover, and it's gonna look like something epically awesome. Um, but now I know that that will give me a start. It will give me some discoverability to true Space Marine fans. Um, and again, there was only one book that had a title of Space Marines, and it was a god-awful cover. It had poor reviews, and guess what? That terrible book was ranking number six because, well, there's not much competition there, right? So uh, for me, that's, that's a good beginning. Now, is that going to make me a million dollars? No, that's not. But what I hope is, is that it gets me discovered. It gets me in front of a couple more people that it normally wouldn't if I hadn't have done some of that key research. So it's your like, it's sort of like a, uh, a spark to your book and hopefully your writing and your artistic, you know, capability and all the things that come into making a great book, those play into your sales taken off. Uh, and does, does, does this strategy work for other sites such as Kobo and so on? Well, for I've actually never really gone deep into Kobo's algorithm or how they rank things, but so long, like I said, you know, anybody whether you go to Barnes and Nobles or iBooks or anything like that, people begin by typing something into the to the search bar and seeing what you know Apple or Barnes and Noble shows them, right? So they have something going on. I've just never spent a lot of time and energy trying to figure them out, although. I have heard that authors that actually optimize for their Apple or for their uh, Barnes and Noble page, they do a lot better. I've heard it's a really good return on your effort. Uh, I'm just too lazy to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what about long books versus short books? In terms of sales or? Uh, so it, which book do you think would type of book will get a better return for an author a, a long book like 60 70 thousand words or a short book 15 to 20 thousand words i think it really depends on the genre 
Uh, I also think it depends on the level of competition. If your competition is all 90,000 and you try to pass a 10,000 book, a uh, 10,000 word book in that group, they're going to destroy you. Right. Um, the, but I, again, that, that's really one of those where it truly depends on a lot of factors. So I can't really answer that very well. Uh, what about pricing? Uh, again, that's, that too is another another one. A uh, bunch of my books, I'm able to get away with a 9.99 pricing yeah. because of the little to no competition. So it allows me to 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 set that price. Um, sometimes though, authors will find that setting their pro their book at 2.99 isn't as good as when they send it at like 3.99 or 4.99. Because just by increasing the price a little bit, you put more value into your book and therefore it makes it more worthwhile. You put it too cheap and people might just pass it over. But again, that really depends on the competition around you, the genre, the subject matter, the importance of the information. Uh, and what would you say to somebody who's struggling to balance doing this with, with writing their book, like marketing their book versus writing their book? Well, the truth is I believe that marketing and writing should go hand in hand because I believe you learn so much about your target market if you are marketing as you write. Um, you'll find out what their true pain points are, what they what they truly care about. You'll find out what ticks them off in science fiction books, you know, um, when – you know, you, you'll truly learn things about what drives your audience to love, to share, to to promote. Um, it can also help you find new chapters and new things. So I believe that, you know, the process of researching your market can easily be known as marketing as well. You build legitimacy, you build relationships, and then you, when you go to publish, you can actually use all of that you know, right at that point. It's so, I don't think it's these two separate things. I think they're symbiotic. Uh, or great. should be. Yeah, um, that's pr pretty much all my questions. I suppose, how, just my last one, I suppose one last one is, how do you balance then the actual act of writing with what, you, what you've just described there? Do, do you do them at different times in the day or, <clears throat> or during the week? Or do you wait till your book has reached a certain draft? Actually, what I like to do is I like to write in the morning, early morning. I'm an early guy. Um, I reward myself with a really nice coffee, but um, I do it in the morning because there's nobody to bother me. You know, the kids aren't up. The wife isn't, you know, saying, hey, can you help me with this? Nobody's on Facebook because everybody's, you know, snug in their beds. Um, there's no distractions. So I can get my writing done. But then after that, I understand that, you know, there's going to be a billion things happening during the day. Um, if you have a day job, you know, you're going to have to go do that. You're probably going to be wasted by the time you come home, you know, too tired uh, to think clearly. Um, so get it done immediately without distractions. It'll allow you to write a better book. And, you know, everything we talked about, I know that all that marketing research that we just said is very scary. It's a very number intensive. Um, and, you know, as as you've mentioned, we created software that be a, that's actually able to do all of that. Um, so it takes care of everything we just talked about, you know, in terms of you start with writing in your book idea and the software called KDP rocket will go through and give you all of that vital information so that you can understand those three important things that we talked about, right? What people are actually typing into Amazon, how many people are typing it in, okay. And whether or not they're willing to pay for a book and how hard is the competition? Great. Um, that's that's pretty much all my questions. Where, where can people find you online? You can find me at kindlepreneur.com. That's Kindle Entrepreneur. Kindlepreneur. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds terrible when you say it fast because it sounds like Kindle printer. <laughs> um, 
But kindlepreneur.com, and if you go to the contact page, you can always click there and send me any questions or if you have any comments or concerns. Great, thanks. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.